listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Hello everyone, welcome to show number 171. Now I apologise for the show being late, I've got an excuse of course, that is that I've been working flat out driving and we've just wrapped up the January Australia Day long weekend issue of Truck and Life magazine which is going to be available at the Croyt Truck Show and in your letterboxes at about the same time. So, yeah, I've got excuses. Sometimes they're not good enough, but there you, there you are. We're getting a podcast out to you. Um, today we've got uh, news with Paul and Andy and uh, a bit of something to talk about from Bob. Well, a bit of something to talk about from Bob goes for about 25 minutes. Bit of a note there. Ordinarily, I would edit out the worst of Bob's pregnant pauses and... Uh, his ums and ahs and things like that. I simply don't have the time to do it. Uh, if Unless you want it in another three days' time when I get a chance because I'm just about to head off to Melbourne again. So I thought, well, we'll just throw it in there like it is. It's it's not harmful or anything like that. It's just the way Bob talks and, uh, you know, you'll get the true reflection. I don't want to edit Bob at all. He certainly has a bit of a go. Something to talk about started out as a short three- to four-minute thing where I used to hammer the crap out of some issue that was annoying me. Bob's taken it to another level. And certainly this one's worth listening to all the way to the end because he just doesn't miss anyone uh, who says what he really thinks. And that's what I love about Bob. What else? We've got uh, Paul Bergini in with Andy for the news, as I said. And uh, we're going to have a bit of a change in the new year. We've had a bit of a talk about it. Paul and I are going to start doing the news together. Andy's going to take a step back and continue to do his music bits. We've got some development happening on the radio station. We're going to have some music shows and things like that. Andy will probably be along to do one of those. Now, as has become the custom, I'm going to just go ahead and cover off a few things that I wanted to talk about briefly before we get started. Last Friday night on the live show that we recorded for Saturday, we had Lex Forsyth on the show. Now, that is available on the podcast feed. We actually kick off the show with it. We talk about the electric truck uh, incident in Melbourne, what caused it and what Lex had to say about it. And as I've said, in the interest of full disclosure, I've supported Lex's technology right from the start because I believe it's the best way to go. You have to be a little bit pragmatic. These things are going to happen. So if you want to know what really happened from the horse's mouth rather than listen to all the hype hyperbole or hyperbole, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, get the truth and understand what's going on. Lex has put an open invitation up to anyone who wants to go and have a look through the factory at Berkeley Vale and uh, you know show, them, show people what goes on there and get some idea of how these things really work. Education is the best thing for these. Uh, more than happy to talk about it. More than happy to get you to come on the radio station or on the uh, live shows, live podcast to talk about it. All you've got to do is ring up when we're live uh, on 0491 825 633 
and we'll have you on the show. You can say what you think. It's entirely up to you. Now, Queensland have been flooded out. They've had a lot of water damage up there in the far north. It always happens this time of the year with uh, with um, the wet season and, and cyclones and things like that. Cyclones are not a new thing for up there. I think it's a little bit worse since being made out by some of the local residents up there. I know when I lived up at Yorkies Knob, which is just on the north side of Cairns there, we used to get cut off when the water levels came up and couldn't get into town even. So it does happen. There's been a lot of road damage up there. I would encourage anyone that's thinking about going to North Queensland with a load, before you agree to it, find out where it's going exactly and what's going on up there before you agree to it. And if you do go up there, be prepared for some delays and be prepared for some diversions because looking at some of the infrastructure damage, it's going to be an issue. I'm sure the TMR have got an up-to-date list of what roads are closed and, and what's not. If you know locals up there, give them a ring and get the good oil from them before you go. I note with interest that the ATA are talking about a review of uh, fatigue law to cover trucks from 4.5 to 12 tonnes. They're currently exempt from fatigue law, so uh, there's a can of worms. I wonder how people would feel about being exposed to the highway patrol for a logbook for a 4.5 tonne truck. Bear in mind, a lot of uh, your larger four-wheel drives and things like that would fall into that category. I'm all for people doing commercial operations being covered by fatigue law. I don't feel that driving any of those smaller trucks is any different to driving a bigger one. I don't know if extending the highway patrol's hand into something else is a great idea. If it's done the same way as it's done in Western Australia, no problem at all. In fact, I would advocate that that's the way all fatigue law should be enforced, not as a traffic issue, but as a work and health uh, safety issue uh, with an entirely different set of enforcement rules as they experience in Western Australia. I've been an advocate for that for a while. It's entirely different the way it's done. Don't think because they don't have logbooks in the West the way that we have them here in the East, they don't have to record their time because they absolutely do. Don't think that there aren't rules because there absolutely are. The difference is, is how they're enforced and that is the key difference. But I'll tell you what, in Western Australia, if you have a fatigue issue over there, you can expect to have a real issue with work health and safety over there as well. They'll be on your doorstep checking things out really, really quickly. That's just the way they roll over there. Not a bad way. They're also talking about uh, the NTC doing a short survey now, how long it actually takes to fill out a work diary and the benefit of a, a length increase to 20 metres and a height increase to 4.6 metres. They're talking about the fact that they've got a, a, a lowered statistic for bridge strikes with 4.6 metre vehicles and things like that. I'll tell you what, if they raise, raise the height limit to 4.6 metres and make him general access, I reckon that statistic will go south really, really quickly. I don't know about anyone else, but some of the guys just don't really think too much about their routes and and that sort of thing. And it really doesn't take very much to bugger up the traffic on a motorway, particularly, say, for example, if you're heading to Botany and you get it wrong and there's big blisters, it's ugly. I don't think raising the height limit to 4.6 for general access is a really good idea. That's just a personal point of view. 
I may be entirely wrong. Feel free to correct me if, if you want to. Let's share your opinion about it. Now, the one thing I just want to close out on, old mate Brian Turpy has been writing about things and being an advocate for trucking for many, many years. He's recently retired and uh, he is continuing to pontificate on things. Now, I've got a lot of time for what Brian's got to say. Uh, I will recommend at this point that you do go to the Big Rigs webpage, uh, bigrigs.com.au, and have a look. The article is entitled Pressures on Truckies Inquiry. Trucking is the Wild West of Wage Theft. Now, Brian's article goes on to detail all of the stuff in his, in his uh, opinion there. And I believe that he's absolutely nailed it. It's well worth a bit of a read. And that's why I'm recommending it. So go to that Big Rigs webpage and have a look at that article and have a read for yourself what Brian's got to say there. There's a lot of merit in it, in my opinion. All right, that's enough from me. I'm going to throw all this together now and we'll kick off with the news and get stuck right into it. Have a safe Christmas. Drive around safely. Try to be patient. Try not to let the tourists and the caravans and everyone else get under your skin. It is silly season. I want to see you all again next year. And, uh, yeah, tune in. See ya. Have you ever come up behind a caravan wearing a big green sticker that says I'm truck friendly? It's simply telling you that the driver you're following is a part of a growing safety-minded community of caravanners who actually want to help other road users, have a good understanding of safe towing practices and have a UHF radio switched on and ready to communicate. If you too want to be a part of the solution and not the problem, find out more about the great truck-friendly caravan road safety program by visiting their Facebook page or website at www.truckfriendly.com.au. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. Evening Paul News time, episode 171, and as it turns out, our last regular show for the year, mate. I always find something a little bit nostalgic and a touch sad in endings and the last anything, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a little bit of a like, hmm, okay, another, another one's gone, yeah. Another year's gone by, Andy. Gee whiz. For me, it's more the fear of what's coming next, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, yes, in the world the way it is today, who would know? Oh, yeah. Well... Next week's show will be our always popular Christmas music show. Well, it's not Christmas music as such. Um, just an entire extended play on the road truck and playlist, our little Yuletide gift for the listeners. Music is medicine. I have to say I did a quite a bit of running around in Toowoomba today and mm. I was aghast. I was aghast at the amount of Mariah Carey oh Christmas songs being played over the over the PAs and the retail shops. Like oh there is so many better options than Mariah Carey, but anyway. Yeah, there certainly are. And for anyone living in Brisbane or thereabouts as a really good musical alternative to Mariah Carey, and it wouldn't be hard to find one, to be honest. But we went to the Planetarium in Brisbane yesterday and saw the 50th anniversary show of the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. Essentially, the whole album from start to finish on the surround sound system in there, but with this amazing light and video show in the dome of the building. 
Absolutely spectacular, mind-blowing, and you didn't even need to be stoned to enjoy it. It was great. I love the planetarium. I used to go there as a young fellow with school. Mm. Amanda and I took our daughter there quite a few times, and it's for kids and adults alike. The planetarium is an absolute hoot to visit. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Recommend it to anybody. And certainly a place you can go back to. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Well, mate, little story, traditional as it always is, and, and, and this time just a bit of a Christmas flavour to it, but the story of three old codgers who turned up at the gates of heaven on Christmas Eve, apparently having expired during the night before Christmas, and St Peter met them at the gate and told them that they must each present something that symbolises Christmas before they'd be allowed in. So first old bloke pulls out a lighter from his pocket, flicks it on and says, this is a candle. And in he goes. Mm-hmm. Second bloke pulls out a set of keys, shakes them and says, these are bells. He too is allowed in. Mm-hmm. Third bloke fumbles in his pocket for a little while and pulls out a pink G-string and he smiles at St Peter, hiccups and says, these are carols. <laughs> His fate to this point is still unknown. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> Anyway, news we won't be talking about this week, Paul. The NHVR has announced that a dedicated team has been set up to investigate allegations of off-road offences. Opens up a whole world of thoughts where that could be going. It could even be goats on hills going (laughs) down tracks they're not allowed to go down. Every chance. Iveco is teaming up with toll road operator Transurban and a US-based autonomous driving software company to create a new autonomous truck program. Good on them. No. Isuzu are teaming up with Qantas to deliver benefits for its newest loyalty program. Does that mean uh, Alan Joyce is going to get an Isuzu truck to drive around in on his pension, perhaps, Andy? Well, I don't know, but we're not going to talk about it. Mm. And Queensland-based bulk haulers Sawtell & Sons are celebrating their 90th anniversary by buying yet another Volvo, their truck brand of choice for more than 50 years. Bless them. Volvo. <laughs> On with the news. A 44-year-old Mango Hill truckie has been charged after being caught with an alleged high-range drink-driving alcohol level of, wait for this, 0.311% while driving his prime mover on the Dreamworld Parkway on the Gold Coast. It certainly was a dream world for him. What a goose. Like, throw the book at the man, alcohol and trucks... Just a no-no, Andy. So three days ago, it is alleged that the 44-year-old man was driving, well, they're saying a prime mover on the Dreamworld Parkway. However, the photo that the police have released is a a prime mover with two trailers behind it. So yet again, the police media have got it completely wrong. Please do a fact check before you release these items. A short time later, the officers allegedly located the driver on the side of the road with an empty bottle of liqueur beside him with the vehicle still running. Mm. The Queensland Police have also released a video of this incident, which I must say, just to add insult to the injury, is it was a B-double, wasn't a prime mover only. He allegedly refused to comply with the police direction to submit for a roadside breath test and attempted to flee back into the truck. Mm. Goodness me. Police then arrested the man, as they should have, and transported him to the Southport Watch House, where he allegedly provided specimen breath indicating a point. Three one one. Mm. The 44-year-old man was then charged with one count each in charge of a motor vehicle under the influence, of course, of struck police justice, yada, yada, yada. His licence, understandably, was immediately suspended. 
the police continue their investigations. Shocking result. A heavy vehicle driver with that much alcohol on him in charge of a heavy vehicle. Throw the book at him. Crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to imagine him trying to scurry away with 0.311% in his system. It wouldn't be much of a quick scurry, would it? Goodness, bro. An NHVR Dangerous Goods Heavy Vehicle Blitz in South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, the ACT, New South Wales and Queensland pretty much has most of it covered, has seen uh, TMR officers and police hand out almost 400 defect notices. It's interesting how these uh, these blitzes never cover Western Australia and Northern Territory, is it? But anyway, that's a conversation for Wednesday night on the podcast. Well, they should be doing it at Christmas, you know, Blitzen and all that. Mm, Blitzen, um, Donna Blitzen, ooh, I can't remember all the names. Uh, Don't be grumpy and... Well, then that, ooh, I think you got the wrong story. <laughs> Could be. Dubbed Operation Cyclone. Again, we've talked about the fantastic names they come up with for these blitzes. Yeah. A recent dangerous goods heavy vehicle blitz has seen 1,524 heavy vehicles intercepted with almost a third to be found in inverted commas non-compliant during operation cyclone mm-hmm. the vehicles were intercepted between august 21 and september 17 according to the nhvr spokesman the exercise was designed to benchmark compliance for dangerous goods heavy vehicles now a total of 386 defect notices were issued i'm sure they're proud of that number mm. Predominantly for brakes and lights, so I'm confused what that's got to do with dangerous goods. But anyway, I guess it's a case of we're going to pull you up and check your dangerous goods compliance. And while we're here, we'll just go through from front to back, top to bottom, front to back again. There was also uh, 411 trucks identified with non-compliance issues, most of which were related to our inflexible work diary. And uh, and there was some loading violations. So it's nice to see that this spearhead was D- DG loading and they actually did look at some loads apart from everything else. Mm. But a nice number, a total of 63% of those intercepted were compliant. Well, bravo to the, the transport industry, Andy. Bravo. Mm. Mm. Mate, we've spoken over the last couple of weeks about the overweight caravan checks being conducted in Queensland recently. Now we have some results come through from a similar, in inverted commas, education event held in Appen in New South Wales. The fat caravans roll again. Mm-hmm. The chubby Chesney. <laughs> <laughs> the chubby Chesney. Vicacious Viscount. <laughs> Could we go on? It is Christmas, I don't know. I'm sure we come up with some more. Mm. So, uh, writing on its Facebook page, as you do, the New South Wales Police's MacArthur Highway Patrol have released the results of its education event. Mm. So, clearly no fines were handed out. Unfortunately, the road transport industry does not enjoy the same terms, Andy, but here's what was discovered. Vehicles loading as a percentage of GVM, overweight, there were 16 vehicles and 90 to 99% of them were 20% overweight. Okay. That's a lot of, that's a lot of fat in your caravan. It is. I'm afraid to say. And then the trailer loading as a percentage of the ATM, which is, is I'm assuming, the aggregate trailer mass, hmm. is 17% of those were overweight. 
And 19 of those were 90% overweight. That's extraordinary, extraordinary. It is. So overall combination status of the GCM, which is gross combination mass for those that don't get the uh, the abbreviations, mm. 18% of all weighed combinations were overweight with the highest overweight reading being 699 kilos. Now, when you consider that total GCM should be, I guess, around nine tonne, mm. So with that, with that nearly one ton overweight, that's a big overloading fine. It's frightening. However, there were no fines handed out any because it was an educational exercise. So the police have given out some tips, not fines. If you're buying a caravan brand new, just be aware of your original van tear weight. Mm. They're saying be mindful of your weight of your caravan, the weight of your four-wheel drive, and the weight of all of mum's crockery and her Tupperware and her bedding and her Christmas gifts. And her makeup. And her makeup that you keep jamming in. So ahead of the busy holiday season, police are cracking down on overweight caravans with fines and demerit points. So once again, we, we touched base on this a couple of weeks ago. Some of the uh, fines are going to be basically on the three eastern states mm. between $287 right up to $1,580 and three demerit points. So caravanners, be aware it's not just us truck operators. You guys are in the spotlight, sorry to say. Yeah, well, education event or not. I still reckon there'd be a few number plates and addresses probably just made note of in the background there somewhere. That Queen song, The Fat Bottom Girls, I'm sure a good comedy country music singer could adopt those words to fat caravans, yeah, but anyway. To the chubby Chesneys. Indeed. Paul, according to Nat Road, a toll rebate program delivering relief to heavy vehicle operators using Sydney's somewhat pricey toll roads is a positive move. Oh, Andy, you're so polite, somewhat pricey. <laughs> the charges on these toll roads are just, just obscene. So I believe it was two weeks ago we released the numbers on the money that was going to be, the obscene numbers of money that was going to be raked in mm. from the toll roads in, in New South Wales. Mm. The New South Wales Government Toll rebate, rebate Program will deliver toll relief for users of the M5 East and the M8 motorways from January 1, 2024, as part of the $53.8 million trial, which will continue for two years. This is exactly what, what was needed for trucks using the city's busiest motorway, stated Warren Clark, the chief executive of NatRoad. Absolutely. We, we would like to see more, but I guess it is a start. The money, like we've spoken about before, the, the container carters and the truck and dog carters, you know, the tipper and dog carters in Sydney, gee whiz, they, they could fund a small country by the amount of money that they have to pay to use these toll roads. Yeah. And as we've spoken about before, they have no choice. They can't use Pennant Hills Road anymore, so they must use the toll, and then the numbers are obscene. So bravo to the New South Wales government for, for bringing in some kind of rebate and let's hope that common sense prevails and this extends and goes further, Andy. Yeah. Well, when you've got a spare couple of hours, give Mike a ring and ask for his opinion on that. Absolutely. I might do that New Year's Eve. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> well, mate, that's our, our news for now, I do believe. Um, you have a little bit of breaking news, so roll the breaking news music. Here we go.
just another kick in the guts for small business in Australia from our beloved ATO and, of course, the Labor government. So the ATO and the Albanese government announced today that from July 1, 2025, are you ready for this? And this affects all owner drivers, small fleets, tyre shops, stainless steel shops, the guys that fit out the prime movers, the guys that wash the prime movers, the tyre shops, um, it, the list just goes on. Mm. We, again, have spoken before how fond we are of small business in this country and the small business is, is the backbone because unlike the big businesses like your Apples and your Amazons and all these global conglomerates that pay no tax to operate in this country, the poor old small business pays the tax, puts the money back into the government, but I know. Mm. So what we're going to do from July 1, 2025, Andy, is if you're behind on your GST or you have a tax bill and you enter into a payment plan with the ATO, mm. which I have done in the past, in previous years up until, up until July 1, 2025, the interest that the ATO would charge you to enter into a payment plan to pay your tax bill off was a tax deduction off your next year's income tax for your, for your business, as it should be. Right. But I oh know, in their wisdom, from July 2025, July 1, that interest that they will charge you will no longer be a tax deduction. Now, that is an absolute travesty on small business in this country mm -hmm. and just yet another kick in the guts from the ATO and the Labor government. They should hang their heads in shame. It's hard enough for some small businesses sometimes to reconcile their tax, particularly since GSC come in and all small businesses have become pretty much a tax collector for the government. And that's all the GST was about, is they outsource their collection of tax and all, all the businesses become the tax collectors on behalf of the government. Now, if you fall behind and voluntarily enter into an agreement, which is the right thing to do, hmm. oh no, not only, Andy, are they going to stick you with interest, they're not going to allow you to deduct it off the next year's tax. Now, that is an utter bloody disgrace. And I want to know what's going to be next. So they're going to, is the next thing going to bring in, you can't claim your accountant's bill for your following year? Don't be giving them ideas, mate. Oh, absolutely shocked and disgusted. And I believe that the Albanese government, the ATO, for the end of 2023 deserve one thing on this, Andy. They deserve Millie's acting the goat award. <laughs> Stop acting the bloody goat, you what? Couldn't agree more with Millie. Shocking. Shocking indeed. Well, mate, hot news just rolling through off the telex now as we speak. I didn't even know I had a telex machine, but apparently I do. <laughs> news just a hand pull. Apparently in the interests of hemispherical equality, Santa has now decided to split his living situation by spending half the year at the North Pole and half of the year at the South Pole. Hmm. Yes, folks, you heard it here first at On The Road News. Santa is now officially classified as bipolar. Oh. <laughs> That's gold. Paul, to you, mate, and all the Beogini clan, have a wonderful Christmas, great New Year. Thank you so much for the time we've had together here doing the news this year. It's been a hoot. Andy, it's only been a short time for myself, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being the utter gentleman that you are to work with. 
every time we speak, I get a smile on my face, even though sometimes the news is bitter to swallow. Yes. So, yes, I wish you guys a merry, merriest of Christmas. And absolutely to our listeners, if you're travelling, please be safe. If you're at home waiting for your loved ones to come home, give them hugs, give them kisses, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Blessings to everybody. Like he said, couldn't agree more. Merry Christmas all. Cheers. Cheerio. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. Over there, Andy. Yeah, mate, got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. G'day, Andy here with a bit more musical mayhem for you. You may recall a couple of weeks ago I featured a number of country music artists who, for whatever reason, have chosen to step out of their comfort zone and record full-on rock songs. Well, in the interests of equality and inclusivity, and we know how important that is these days, this week I'm throwing it into reverse and sharing with you some of the rock artists who thought good enough for them, good enough for us, and recorded their own country tunes. Now, as you'll hear, some of them are pretty darn good. Some are a bit ordinary, and some fall under the category of, dude, what the hell were you thinking? You may be familiar with some of the songs, but I'll guarantee some will come as a bit of a surprise and have you thinking quite simply, why? Let's kick off with the world's biggest rock band, The Rolling Stones. Well, the Stones actually recorded a couple of country tracks. One quite well-known was called Wild Horses, but I've picked the other one purely because it talks about his girl nicking off with a truck driver. It's called Far Away Eyes. I had an arrangement to meet a girl, but I was kind of late. And I thought, I thought by the time I got there, she'd be bound off with the nearest truck driver she could find. Much to my surprise, there she was sitting in the corner, little bleary, the worst for wear and tear. Was a girl with far away eyes, 
about 10. So if you're down on your luck, then you can't harmonize. Find a girl with faraway eyes. And if you're down right disgusted, that life ain't worth the dime. Get a girl with faraway eyes. Yep. Everyone loves Tina Turner. She's simply the best. You're simply the best. What's not so well known is that her first album after she split with Ike was 100% country. Here's Tina with Help Me Make It Through the Night. Rockers like me would have grown up with Led Zeppelin pounding through our headphones until tinnitus set in. Who could forget the immigrant song? So, Led Zeppelin put out a country song? Surely not. Tis true, I'm afraid, and here they are with Hot Dog. (laughs) 
Who could ever forget the boy from Belfast, Van Morrison, and his massive hit, Brown-Eyed Girl? Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came Down in the hollow Playing a new game Laughing and running, hey, hey Skipping and jumping In the misty morning fog with Hearts that thumping in you My brown eyed girl Well, Van the Man took a stroll to Countryville and gave us his version of your cheating heart. Your cheating heart will make you weep. You're crying, crying You're trying to sleep But sleep won't come Oh, hold my through Your cheating heart Will tell on you When tears come As anyone who knows me well would know I'm not really a KISS fan personally, but there's no denying they were huge in their day with massive hits like I Was Made For Loving You. I was made for 
Now, you might struggle to recognise this as the same band, but here they are with drummer Peter Chris taking on the vocals in his best Rod Stewart voice with the song Hard Luck Woman, a song that was later covered by Garth Brooks, believe it or not. If never I met you I'd never have seen you cry If not for a first Never I held you My feelings would never show It's time I start walking But there's so much you'll never know pink-haired darling of the 80s, Cindy Lauper pumped out hit after hit, songs like Girls Just Want to Have Fun. When Cindy wasn't having fun with the girls or indulging in a little she-bop, she was recording her own versions of country classics like Heartaches by the Number. Once again, I'm not really a metal fan, but Poison was a massive metal outfit that was hard to ignore in its time. Remember, nothing but a good time? Well, Brett Michaels, singer and frontman of Poison, released his own country venture called All I Ever Needed. We've seen some good times, been through some bad. But somewhere between the laughter and the tears, we sure had a lot of great years ahead. We didn't need fortune, didn't need fame, just a little shelter from the rain. Your hand to hold on to When times got tough You pulled me through We didn't need a castle Made of stone Just you there As I grow old Your heart to hold on to 
Now, is it just me, or does it sound a lot like Bon Jovi's Every Rose Has Its Thorn? Probably just a coincidence, eh? Kid Rock, I guess, is best known for his song All Summer Long, which to me sounded like a remix of Werewolves of London and Sweet Home Alabama. What do you reckon? Kid Rock felt the urge to get a little bit country with this song titled Picture. I put your picture away Sat down and cried the day I can't look at you while I'm lying Next to her I put your picture away Sat down and cried today. I can't look at you while I'm lying next to her. Out of the Emerald Isle, 80s and 90s mega band U2, along with a myriad of hits, gave us this song, Mysterious Ways. As U2 went about their countrification, they called in old mate Bob Dylan to help them out with this song called Love Rescue Me. Now, probably the last band you'd ever expect to hear a country song from would be Aerosmith with the screeching Steven Tyler out front, encouraging us to walk this way. Walk this way, walk this way. 
Well, not only did they release a country song, it's actually so damn good I'm going to finish the segment with it. Here's Steven Tyler with Love Is Your Name. Stay tuned, later in the show I'll drop just one more by you to take the show out, and it's a ripper. See you then. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents, and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. 
NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Hi there. Uh, I'll commence this broadcast by uh, thanking everyone who's uh, sent up their best wishes and expressed their concerns for our safety up here for... uh, the um, event of uh, Cyclone Jasper. Um, sadly, the mainstream media's blown it out of proportion a bit. It's, uh, it, it, cyclones are a serious thing, um, but this one's not as serious as some in the past have been, and uh, I suppose they're erring on the side of caution. But uh, uh, Cardwell was included in a lot of reports and uh, was known to be fairly early in the piece out of the path of the cyclone. But thanks again for all those who are concerned for us, for me in particular, and for all of us here. And uh, you, all your messages and, and, and thoughts of uh, extremely welcome and very much appreciated. And uh, let's hope there's uh, not need for too many more of them this year, but I'd say we will have a bit of a cyclone season to speak of. So I just hope that uh, all the um, exaggeration by the media is not going to be like the little boy who cried wolf. Anyway, on a brighter note, um, I was very privileged yesterday to uh, have some memorabilia, memorabilia shared with me by um, Paul Bergini. Um, I knew Paul's dad reasonably well, and his mate Andrew's, Andy Souter I knew a bit better than I knew Fred, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of memories there that I can identify with, and um, I was sort of part of it myself, and uh I really, uh, really appreciate uh, Paul sharing all that. Some wonderful photos and, and uh, some memorabilia from when uh, Fred Berg, Jeannie and, and Andy Suter were the main men out at the Arachilla blockade in support of Razorback in 1979. And one interesting thing that uh, came with it all was in, amongst some news clippings. I don't know if it was in the Brisbane Times or the Courier Mail, but the, I'm going to quote from this clipping and then uh, lead on from there if you'll uh, bear with me. Um, the editor in the paper is saying, um, it is wrong, we suppose, to give any degree of support to a group of people who deliberately flout the law and disrupt the lives of a considerable number of uninvolved people. But the truckies will argue they have tried all the traditional means of having their case heard and all their endeavours have been in vain. And certainly their dramatic action has had some measure of success. Well, that's pretty true because it starts off the article by saying how uh, the Queensland Cabinet repealed the road taxes uh, I've spoken about before. And to go on with the quote, if the Queensland Government believed, for example, that the road tax was unfair and unjust, why did it not act long ago to have it abolished? Why did it take a blockade of our roads to convince the government that it was time for action? And if Federal Transport Minister Peter Nixon believes the tax is, quote, lousy and miserable, unquote, why has he not pressed long ago for the states to abandon it? And it goes on and on from there. Now, that's interesting because uh, 
I've, I've mentioned in one of my very early something to talk about that that was incredible in, in my mind and still is that it took six hard-working men from, from the suburbs of Sydney to achieve what all the people in suits and associations and uh, senior public servants and politicians and anyone else who thought they were important enough to dress up in a suit and parade around town at the Yacht Club and the Journalist Club and all those places, all, all the so-called gurus or experts or um, whatever they wanted to call them, the success stories of the industry, they, were all, uh, they, they couldn't achieve what six hard-working blokes achieved on the side of a mountain. And uh, today that is still true. And uh, to my way of thinking, the wheels turned to full circle because now... We don't have a blockade near our roads and we'd have no hope of having one if we wanted it. But we've had all these parades that the TWU and all the people who are part of what's wrong with the industry have, have uh, put on lately. And uh, we've got the uh, a United Industry Group, so-called. Um, all the industry all the industry organisations reckon they're all push, pushing in the same way on the things they believe in and agree with. And that's fine if, it's, if it works, but... Uh, is it working or has it worked? Because uh, it hasn't got us anywhere near uh, what Razor, where Razorback got us to. Um, we've got a, a half a bill held up in the Senate uh, and um, after the omnibus bill that we were told never could be split or never would be split or whatever they were saying, and uh, it has been split and it's obvious that the uh, the crossbench and the independent senators have picked out the, the, the cherry-picked, if you like, the bits they want uh, want to see happen, so they can get back at the mining industry and the and Qantas and how that why they want to get back at some of the largest employers in the country just for the sake of it. I don't know, but uh, there is there is merit in some of the things they're talking about about labour hire and reducing wages and things like that. But uh, um, I can tell you lots of stories about how large corporations and unions will get their heads together no matter what they're presented with and uh, get on with the job to suit themselves. Uh, that's just part of IR and the and the IR club, I think. IR standing for industrial relations. Anyway, uh, with the roadblocks in Parliament and uh, the United Industry Group, I'm suggesting, probably don't know much about what they can do to unblock it. Uh, if they do get to, or if someone does get to, that'll be great. But in the meantime, uh, it's stuck there. And, you know, I and Mike come up about three or four broadcasts ago with an idea that someone might be willing to look at and maybe the ATA go it alone or something like that to uh, get something done with these amendments to the uh, the, the unfair contracts uh, provisions for the for ASIC and the ACCC. Uh, they've clarified uh, what businesses would be uh, uh, applicable to and all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, and there's lots of provisions in the omnibus legislation that ex- exempt small business, and I don't know which they are or what they are. Maybe someone can correct me on that. But the whole point is that there's other things that the industry could be doing instead of just waiting for something to unblock itself. Like six hard-working men from the suburbs of Sydney aren't coming along this time, folks. And, and choreographed parades of, 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 of company trucks and anyone else who wants to... to uh, to cling on, are not going to change the mind of the independent senators and the crossbench. They've cherry-picked what they want out of it, and I very much doubt if they're going to go any further with it. If they do, they will not be able to understand the urgency of it. And I know there's people think that I'm a little bit uh, cynical, and maybe I am. Uh, 
but I'm trying hard not to be. But the thing is, I don't think the what's left of the Omnibus Bill is, is all that needs to be done because there's uh, I can see some, some loopholes in it, some more loopholes in it. I can see some ways around it for the large corporations and unions to get their heads together. And the whole thing is we don't need it to be in the hands of one particular body of people or one particular political party. It needs to be bipartisan and supported by everyone, not just some... You know, and the whole thing is on the United Industry Group, how many actual owner-drivers are involved? Most of the owner-drivers I know either are sick and tired of all the toing and froing and don't want to be involved, and those that, that, that do are probably doing it at great personal cost to themselves, and I just hope they're not, uh, you know, they're not whistling Dixie. Anyway, I'm, I'm a bit worked up about it, and... Uh, I, I'm not going to apologise for that or resolve from what my beliefs, but I just think there's more that should be done. And uh, to that end, I sent some emails out to uh, most of the people involved in, the, or the emails I could find anyway, most of the people involved in the United Industry Group. The only reply I got out of all of them, and I'm surprised at a couple of people who I know personally didn't and haven't, but I got a reply from the media manager of the ATA, and. Uh, in the in the emails, I uh, enclosed a, a, an audio file of what Mike and I had to say about the uh, unfair contracts uh, uh, amendments, uh, and asked them to consider it and respond. Uh, I just thought it was important enough that we try and get some answers for everyone to hear, and uh, it'd be nice to see people, uh, um, you know, putting their views up to be considered, not just hiding behind a, the walls of a committee or a, a Senate committee or any other side of committee, you know, and. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Senator Stirl and Michael Kane, but the TWU doesn't speak for the whole industry and neither do any of the other bodies involved. All of you together might, uh, might be able to claim that you do, but I'm not so sure from comments I get from other people. Um, some people are viewing this with concern and some people are just ignoring it all. So who knows? But anyway, I, I've digressed there. Uh, I, uh, I received one reply to quite a number of emails, as I've said. Uh, I've endeavoured to uh, get a further response from the media manager at the ATA, Bill McKindley, but uh, he's now ignored my second email, which I'm uh, my third email, actually, because there was a first email, a reply, and then the third one I've not heard a reply from. So how interested are the United Industry Group in actually doing something that's going to make a difference and going to make it quickly, based on what I've been saying to you about how the market's being annihilated by all these other things going on, these digital load boards, these, these freight agents uh, that are part of a, a, a you know um, venture capital mobs and they don't have a truck but they seem to be able to uh, denigrate the market with their cheap rates and offers and uh, they're even pretty sneaky on what they're doing. Some of the emails would surprise you. But anyway, uh, I, uh, I just think that it's pretty sad and as I said, we need some good old-fashioned intelligence happening in this in this joint. And uh, I really think we could do with a bit of respect and courtesy too because uh, those emails that I sent that haven't been answered, I, uh, I consider those that, that lack of reply or lack of response to those to be uh, a mark of disrespect and uh, very discourteous. And I'm disappointed in some of the people involved because I... Some of them I know well, some of them I know a little, some of them I don't know at all, but I highly respect them and the efforts they make. And uh, I won't name names, but uh, if anyone wants to give me a call on my phone, which is uh, public knowledge on my Facebook page, um, I'll, I'll share the names with them privately. But uh, 
Yeah, I think some of the associations and, and organisations gathering with the TWU uh, on this point uh, are letting their members down by not looking at other options. And also, as I've said before, unless it's bipartisan, unless it's supported by both sides of the of, of the House and all, all, you know, as many people as you can find in the House. And the other thing is, I think we're wasting our time just dealing with one political party and one side of the House when we should be getting some sort of involvement from both sides of the House so that if there's a change in government, it doesn't just get thrown out in the, in, into the bin and all the efforts that hard-working, well-meaning people, I'm not down on anyone involved in the United Industry Group, they're hard-working, well-meaning people. Not many of them are drivers, though, sadly. And uh, they, uh, uh, you know, I just don't want to see all their efforts to be in vain. Uh, I, I don't wish to be disrespectful or discourteous to any of them. But uh, I tell things, I call things as I see them. I tell what I believe to be the truth at the time. And uh, as I've said a hundred times over, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just think that uh, it's pretty sad that... Uh, Anyone, whether it's me or anyone else, can put up a suggestion that's worth looking at according to some pretty professional people that I spoke to before I even uh, went to air with it, uh, and it just gets totally ignored by those that uh, are in a position to probably uh, have a look at it and think about it and, um, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, grab it by, by the shirt tails if they can. I'm a bit disappointed, and I, I just think... Uh, it's sad that so much disrespect and, and, and discourtesy is uh, is alive and well amongst these people because uh, I know they're busy, but uh, how long does it take to answer a brief email and uh, why shouldn't it be done? I answer every phone call that comes my way and I answer every email and every message I get regardless of who they come from. And um, there's a couple of people on those committees that can vouch for that even when... Uh, when uh, this, the, the conversation hasn't been very agreeable, that the uh, the conversation has still happened, and uh, that's that's a mark of courtesy and respect that seems to be missing right now. The other uh, little, I'll, I'll finish up on that, and there's just one other little thing. Um, the uh, the Paul, uh, whose surname I can't remember from the NHVR, was on a couple of weeks ago saying how the uh, the blitz that they reckon isn't a blitz was uh, all about education and you know, being touchy-feely towards the drivers and, uh, you know, a whole new... sound a bit like a new religion to me because uh, I've been out there and done it with all these people and uh, I'm well aware that the NHVR is trying harder than the police task force and the police force itself to be a little bit more understanding and, and uh, you know, not be so adversarial. But uh, And I said in passing to, to Mike... Uh, Williams, a few couple of weeks ago, that uh, I thought that Paul ought to get out and get onto some of the sites and make sure his instruction about being a little bit more uh, understanding towards drivers is actually being carried out. Mike assured me that, that, that Paul had been to Maroolan and maybe one other site, but uh, he certainly hasn't been to uh, Greenacres or Serena or, or, or Gatton or anywhere up here, and um, and he probably hasn't been to any of the sites down around Coolac or Wagga or, 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 or Narendra or where all the other uh, antagonism, antagonism is going on. I had a call from Phil Hannett, one of, my, one of the many calls I've had from friends concerned about the cyclone and whether I was in its path or not. And uh, Phil was doing a run to Bowen for, Blenner, uh, for uh, sorry, not Blenners, for uh, Nolans last week. And he had a... a, a, a because Nolans, like a lot of large companies, they swap trailers and 
he had a set of B-double trailers on that somehow or other were not set up correctly when they were built. And he was 60 millimetres, uh, sorry, he was 200 millimetres over length, 20 centimetres. The tolerance is 6 centimetres, 60 millimetres. So in actual fact, he was 14 centimetres over length from the tolerance. And uh, he, uh, he explained that, you know, he, he didn't uh, realise that this was what was happening. All the other trailers are pretty good. And uh, it must have been just a mistake. And anyway, the uh, the NHBR officer um, was reasonably courteous to begin with and said, oh, well, he said, I'll have to give you a warning. And then as he was getting ready to uh, issue a written warning, something changed where he got a message in his ear from the body cam or something, we're not sure, but uh, all of a sudden he said, oh, no, he said, I can't give you a warning, I have to give you a, 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 an infringement. The infringement was $761 made out in the driver's name. Now, obviously, Nolans will pay that, not happily, I'm sure, but they, they, will, they will make sure that their driver, Phil's working part-time these days uh, in, in his semi-retirement. I think he's working nearly as hard retired as he was before he retired, but that's good on you, Phil. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, this NHBA office at Serena, he certainly hadn't been listening to Paul on, um, on, uh, on the road radio on the Wednesday night, that's for sure. And so Phil got a blister for $761. And you'll love this. He rang his wife to let her know that if an email came from the, uh, you know, from the Department of Transport or TMR, we call it up here, uh, not to be concerned that it would be covered by Nolans. And she said, oh, that must be the email that came here half an hour ago. The email arrived in their inbox at their home in Forest Hill before he'll, Phil finished the, the process and had a chance to give McCarla a ring to let her know. So uh, I don't think there's uh, too much touchy-feely involved in all of that. And OK, 14 centimetres is 14 centimetres, but it's a bit like crack clearance lenses and, and um, uh, boxes in a logbook not being ticked. How many thousands of people have died because of that? Like, you know, and this, this is 20 centim- or 14 centimetres over 26 metres, and we've got 30 metre A-doubles running up the same road, oh, for goodness sake. Um, there's, uh, there's a bit of work to be done for Paul and the boys at the NHBR too, just like there is for the uh, United Industry Group. And um, I'd love to see some answers to some emails. I'd love to see some uh, a bit more intelligence happening, and uh, I'd love to see some courtesy and some respect happening. And uh, at the moment, um, the only courtesy and respect I've received is from all the messages from the people concerned about my welfare up here for people like Phil and, and, and Paul and lots of people, and I thank you all. And uh, I really feel privileged, respected and uh, considered uh, by uh, Paul Bergini sharing all that wonderful stuff with me. So take care, all of you. Um, we'll probably talk once more before Christmas, but the festive season has started on the road. So, uh, yeah, watch out for all those... Uh, ACT drivers and their drugs and the overloaded caravans and all the other stuff that's going on that no one's not doing very much about. And uh, I haven't even got worked up about the, the rest areas, but anyway, we'll probably have another five years to talk about them. Best wishes to you all. Thank you for listening. This is Bob McMillan. Let's 
Darius Rucker was the lead singer of 90s sensation Hootie and the Blowfish. You'd probably remember I Only Want to Be With You. Take us out of the show this week, Derek Rucker with the song that says it all, All I Want.
is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 